It away. And it's hit deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run by Piazza. And the Mets lead 3-2. Here we go. Bob Walters, Fred Grosso. It is Old Timers Day. Locked Up Sports, Old Timers Day special episode Brett, welcome to the show. We got a big show. We got Ed Lynch, yep. former Met, coming on in a couple minutes. Welcome to the show, Brett. Can't wait. Ed, forget it. We got. He, I, I can't believe he's coming on with us. The guy's got a pitch this afternoon. Yeah, he's pitching. He's pitching this afternoon. Yeah, um, it's that's not easy when you haven't pitched in thirty years. <laughs> it's not an easy go. He's has a lot of rest. A lot of rest, but he's got a big day today. So today is a big day for Mets fans. We will be in the ballpark. Yep. It's going to be, it's Old Timers Day, the first one, I believe, in almost like 20 years. Do you, you know, we were 13 last time they had an Old Timers Day. 13. They were terrible, and not many people that were Old Timers even went. You know what game. it was? That was a risk with doing it here now at this time of the year because it, it could be a bad team, and now it's going to get a draw. It's going to get some people yeah. in the ballpark. But, you know, it's, it's, they got a walk-off win last night. They're playing well. They're in a pennant. They're in a tight pennant race. The Braves just keep winning and winning and yeah. winning. The Mets will win eight out of ten, nine out of ten, and the Braves will pick up a game because yep. the Braves didn't lose. So I mean, we got that going on. We're scoreboard watching. We're gonna have all of our childhood heroes on the field today. Uh, everybody cannot wait. Everybody, we're gonna go through the lineups for you in a, in a couple minutes. Um, so it's gonna, it's gonna be a good day. Two, just so we run down to the festivities. Two o'clock. Is the red carpet? If you go into the game, two o'clock red carpet. The players walking in. Then two uh, three thirty is the introductions. Yep. And that's what it's really about. It's really about the introductions. Like yeah. we all want. We all are talking about the game. and We want to see the game. The game's not going to be that good. 
No, no. Once they actually play, like, there'll be, like, a good moment or two good moments. Like, someone's going to hit a home run or someone's going to – I don't actually don't even know if someone's going to hit a home run today. It's a pretty big park. But someone's going to make a good play, and you're exactly right. It's going to be about the pregame festivities, the guys coming out, introducing them, seeing all these guys who haven't been together in uniform. In uniform. And that's what I heard Howard Johnson said on the on the broadcast last night that, you know, he's excited to put the uniform on. Yeah. These guys don't get to put the uniform no. on. And even if they did, it was as a coach at some point. Yeah. Like, it's not even like you actually get to go out there and hurt yourself today. Now, some news and notes. There are some... David Wright is not supposedly not coming. There are some rumors that David Wright might be there today. The, the, the surprise is either going to be David Wright or it's going to be Lenny Dykstra jumping the center field wall to run on the field, which he wasn't invited Listen, to. Lenny Dykstra is a disaster. That, Lenny but, Dykstra but is a that, disaster. So I, I hope he comes. I would pay extra for Lenny Dykstra to go. <laughs> I'm, 100%. I'm not paying extra because I'm buying Frank's ticket, too. <laughs> like, Lenny, we're doing the shift. Move over. We're doing the shift. <laughs> so it's, we're going to go. We're going to run through our – we've got a quick show for you here today. Just to take you up to the game, listen to us in the parking lot, something like that. We're going to be there. We're gonna, we don't know what parking lot we're going to be in, but we're going to be drinking beers and tailgating. We'll be over in Section 107. You want to come hang with us? 107. Yep. Um, they, you get good luck getting through the security that we have with us. But, it's going to be tight. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna take a break in a minute here. We're gonna come back on the other side of the break. We're gonna have Ed Lynch is gonna be um, he's gonna be with us. He's about he's about ready to go. Yeah, um, what do we got? We got like 15, 20 minutes with Ed Lynch. Yeah, yeah. And a then, nice setup. After uh, that, we're gonna do uh, top top ten Mets moments that we, we're gonna do Mets moments that we were yeah, at the games. Some of our favorite gonna, Mets moments. We're gonna talk about when we used to go to games and what we used to do and whatnot. So, we're going to take a break. Ed Lynch on the other side of the break. We'll be back right after this. Hey, this is Doc Gooden, and you're listening to Locked Up Sports. All right, we're joined by a special guest here today. He's actually playing in the old-timers game today. He pitched eight seasons in the majors, 47 wins, 54 losses, an ERA of four. Number 36, Ed Lynch. Ed, thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. Absolutely. Um, so how, how's, the, how's this weekend going? You, you, got, you got a couple innings in you today. Well, what's, uh, what's your plans for today? Well, there's so many pitchers. I was told I get to face one hitter. So, um you know, I was going to tell Daryl Strawberry, I said, Straw, get up there. I'll throw you a cookie right down the middle, hit a home run on Old Timers Day, but I heard he's not playing. I'll, oh, he's I'll, not try playing. To, I'll try to talk him into it. Maybe he's injured. I don't know. But I have to say, you know, Steve Cohen has been a godsend to this organization. He's done everything right. And I'm not just talking about the money. I'm talking about the way he's made all of us feel so welcome. A lot of us have not felt welcome in this organization over the past several years. But now it's open arms. He really has embraced the former players. He's embraced the history of the Mets. He embraces the fans. All the employees are just so in love with this guy. He treats everybody great. And again, it's not just the money. It's just the way he's made everybody feel. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he, he just, well, you know why? It's because he's a fan. He's like us. He's a fan of the team. You know, he's a fan who lived the dream, who got rich and, and was able to buy the team. He's trying to change the culture. He has changed the culture. Exactly. Exactly right. He is changing the culture. You can tell, you know, not only the way he treats the alumni and the old timers and the family, but the product on the field. I mean, Sandy Alderson's done a great job. Their additions they made at the deadline uh, have really contributed. And um, 
So, I mean, they're doing everything right right now, and I, I'm just rooting like hell for the New York Mets to win the World Series this year. Now, does the does the dominance of uh, DeGrom, does that remind you of how Gooden pitched? Yeah, you know, they're, they're different guys, you know. Um, you know, DeGrom has had a little more length on his, on his stuff. You know, he's, he's had great stuff now for X amount of years, and you know, back in those days when Dwight was 19 years old, I think he threw about 250, 260 innings. And, mm. you know, that's tough for a 19-year-old. Then follow it up at, at age 20 with another 250, 260. You know, and the guy was the most dominant pitcher basically in the decade of the 80s. And, um, you know, DeGrom's a different guy. I mean, he's he struggled through some injuries, but I think he's going to be fine now. And to have two guys like Scherzer and DeGrom is, is unbelievable. You get in a short postseason series, uh, and you have those two guys taking the mound, they're going to be hard to beat. Yeah, they're, they're, they're stoppers. They, they, you're not going to have any long losing streaks with those two because one of them is going to win one of those games when they come up every fifth day. Brett, go ahead. You have a question? No, you know, and those are, those are the guys that, uh, you know, when you look at it, uh, they're going to be going deeper into games later in the season. They're actually getting, you know, prepared uh and, you know, to have them go 1-2, like you said, is something that any other team is going to have a hard time facing. When you surround them with the other guys they got, Alonzo and McNeil playing they have are and Lindor, it, it's an important, it's a good thing to watch. Now, you have, um, you have, um, you, you're good friends with Keith Hernandez. Now, a lot of people say Gary Carter was the final piece of that 86 team. A lot of people say Keith Hernandez. What do you think? Well, Keith was kind of like the first piece of the rebuild. I, I think June 15, 1983 will go down, and that history is the day that we turned the corner as an organization. You know, we went from kind of like lovable losers. And I was in that clubhouse. And I remember before Keith got there, it was it was like, hey, we lost a tough game tonight, but we tried our best. You know, everything's wonderful. Where are we going to eat? You know, and, and then when Keith got there, it was like a, a personal insult to your family if we lost the game. <laughs> I mean, I'm not joking when I tell you that because losing became really uncool after Keith got there. And he made... He sent out the message. But the it was a perfect storm. You know, Keith got here and, you know, Daryl was already here. Ronnie Darling was coming up. The next year was Dwight, uh, Lenny. We had all these great young know, Roger McDowell, all these great young players coming up and Keith was the captain and he steered the ship. But I do think that kid was Gary Carter was the final piece of what it took to win the World Series. Him and another guy, and I told him this last night. The New York Mets have never won the World Series in 1986 without Bobby Ojeda. And he, he was probably the final piece after Gary. We had that big relief appearance in the uh, game, I believe it was game six, of uh, in the Houston series. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when the Mets were down two games to none, and he strolls into Fenway Park and beats the Red Sox. Yeah, that was I mean, it. Over. If they don't win that game, it's over. You need those third and four guys. You need the guys like Bassett and Carrasco and the guys behind the two to exactly that. Those are the guys who this year have stepped up for the Mets just like back then. You need the extra guys. You can't just have one and two. You need the other guys behind them. Absolutely. And, you know, people always say to me, well, what good is a number one starter? You know, he's out there once every fifth day. But, but what a number one starter does is he shows the other pitchers what's possible. You know, and, and I, you know, it's like when Dwight was 19 years old, 20 years old, you know, I was like the fourth starter. And I said, you know, I'll never be Dwight Good, but I see what's possible. Now, I, I take it upon myself to go out and battle, and I want to I win, too. And I, I see what Dwight can do. And maybe I can't do it the way he does, but I see what it's like for guys go out there expecting to win. And to have two guys like that, two number one starters, is, is, is amazing. 
this team reminds me a little bit about the two thousand about uh, reminds me of a little bit the two thousand one Diamondbacks. Okay. You know, they had Randy Johnson yeah. and, and Kurt Schilling. And and I'll tell you guys what's gonna happen in the postseason. One of those guys is gonna close the game in the postseason. Just like they did in two thousand one. I even mean with, I remember even Randy with Diaz? Johnson. Well, I mean, not close the game, but get some big outs. Okay. I mean, yeah. they get out there four nights in a row, and now they're in extra innings. Yeah. Something like that, you know. Yeah. They, they bring them in in the eighth. They might need somebody else coming in later in the game. They've been doing that a little bit this year, so I can see that. Yeah, you know, what the, you know, the, the rule of thumb is if you have a tie game in the ninth inning, you bring your closer in to get those three outs and hopefully win it in the bottom of the inning. Sometimes you don't, so it might go extra innings. I'm just saying those guys might be there. You never know. Yeah. Did you see a little bit, back to Gooden, did you see a little bit of good uh, Gooden stuff in Kerry Wood when you when you drafted him? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Kerry's stuff might have been, believe it or not, uh, just his pure stuff might have been better. But Dwight had that command. You know, Kerry could get a little wild now and then. And, you know, unfortunately, Kerry got bitten by the, you know, the injury bug. You know, he's on the DL you know, many, many times in the course of his career. No fault of his own. But I do see similarities in their pure stuff. You know, I was there when, when he struck out 20 guys, and he was unhittable. And very rarely do you see a team like the Astros, who were the hottest team in baseball offensively, just basically look like a little league team up there against Terry Wood in 1998. So I do see some similarities, yes. Oh, yeah, I mean, definitely. Now, I heard a great... Um one of the things I read this week when, when just reading about you that I never knew is, to, uh, you know, as people know, obviously, you were the Cubs general manager. Tell people how close you came, how close Todd Helton came to becoming a Cub. Oh, that was that's some kind of story. You know, in the 1998 draft, we were picking fourth. And uh, number one we knew was going to be the puncher from Nebraska, Darren Erstad. <laughs> he was <laughs> yeah. the of Nebraska. Number two was... Uh, we, we had a feeling it was going to be the catcher from the Philadelphia area uh, that the Phillies took. I uh, forget his name. Uh, and then number three, Seattle was picking at number three, and we were number four. And if they had taken Terry Wood, we were taking Todd Hill. And I think I mentioned that. I, w- I just happened to be scouting in Colorado, and they were retiring his number, and they had a Todd Helton day. And I told somebody to go down there and tell them the story. And I think they did. And you never know, the quirkiest thing could change your life. You could go in a totally different direction. So if Seattle doesn't take Jose Cruz Jr. and they take Terry Wood, then we're taking Todd Helton. He's a cup. Wow. Two good choices. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, Brad. Now you could definitely probably hit a whole bunch of home runs either in uh, over in Wrigley or in uh, Colorado. That's for sure. But who uh, today, who are you looking forward to to getting on the diamond that you may have never got to play with in the past? You may have been looking forward to play with in the past. Who are you uh, looking forward to today? Well, I, I mean, I met uh, Felix Beyond last night, and that was a thrill for me, you know, because when they went to the World Series in 73, you know, I was 17 years old and very impressionable, and I just really thought that, you know, he was a great player. I, I want to talk to Cleon Jones, obviously. Nice. You know, and... Uh, I saw John Matlack last night, who had the best left-handed stuff that I personally witnessed. I'm sure Jerry Kuzman was right there with him, but, you know, those are the kind of guys that were there in the 70s. The one guy I miss more than anything on earth is Tom Seaver. He was my idol growing up. I got a chance to play with him, and his, uh, you know, him passing away 
we're coming up, I think, on the second anniversary. I think it was yeah. August 31st. Well, they got the statue. They got, finally got the statue. What kind of influence yeah. did he have on you? Oh, just the way he went about his business. You know, Tom was a hard guy, okay? He's not the kind of guy that's going to come in and slap you on the back. After a tough loss, he's not going to come off. Hey, everything's going to be all right. But he led by example. And it's Tom Seaver. It's like Julius Caesar walking into the <laughs> locker room. Yeah, really? The guy was just so impressive, and I was just in awe of him. And I think what he taught a lot of the young guys, me included, was, Hey, it's like a, it's a street fight. It's a bar. He said it's a barroom brawl when you get out there. Late in the game, you got a one run lead. You got to do whatever it takes to win, and that's what he was. He was a winner. Now you were you. <clears throat> excuse me. You played under uh, Joe Torre. Did he? Yes, did sir. you? Did you see any of the? You know the dynasty Joe Torre in him when he, when he the same similarities from when he was the manager of the Yankees. No, I don't think so. I mean, look at the roster he had here. Look at the roster he had over there. I mean. You know, he had the kind of grandfatherly, I'm just going to steer this ship of great players in the right direction. When I came up in 1980, the, the, the organization was really on a down down cycle. We didn't have very good players. Joe was a young manager. You know, he never managed anywhere else. In 77, he got released as a player. Sitting on the bench, he got released, and he moved about six feet to his left and became the manager. So he, <laughs> yeah, was, still, he was just, uh, you know, he, he was still learning the craft. And he was a hard guy. I mean, he did not coddle players. You know, I'm sure he was a lot more, you know, it's easier to be nice to Derek Jeter as a rookie than it is to be it's nice to Ed Lynch as a rookie. And we're not, we're just two different people. I mean, we're just, this guy's a legend and I'm a long man, you know. So, I mean, he was, he was tough. And then, of course, he had Bob Gibson as his pitching coach, who was not exactly a, a warm and fuzzy guy. So, the Joe Torre of 1977 to 81 was a lot different than the Joe Torre circa 96 and beyond. All right. Now, now we're going to be at the game today. Now, listen, no fights today, all right? No fights. Don't be hitting people. No fights. <laughs> we're all teammates today, all right? The guy charges the back, but I have to defend myself. But I don't think anybody's going to today. <laughs> yeah. If Lenny Dykstra shows up, he might charge the man. Personally, I'd like to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming out. We know you're busy. We want to thank you for squeezing us in for a couple minutes. Ed Lynch, everybody, Ed, okay. thank you so much. Ed Craig. Ed, thank you, Eddie. Thank you. Thanks, Ed. Have a good okay. day. Uh, okay. See you guys. How about that? Ed Lynch, everybody. Wow, what a great oh, spot. That, that, was all, that was so great. Just that, you know, to have, to have a guy who was there for going up through 81, 82, 83, 84, 85, seeing those guys come up that became these, you know, the 86 Mets and all these guys who we're going to watch today, super excited. Hopefully we get to see him uh, either strike somebody out or give up a big home run today. And uh, he broke a little news in the interview there, as you uh, heard. Dow Strawberry not playing today. That's what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. disappointed. No Dow Strawberry. Strawberry is my favorite player. As a kid, yeah, no, I was devastated when he got traded to the Dodgers, and, and the whole thing it, it killed me. But so you know, me and Brett, me and Brett have been going to Met games forever together. The first time I hung out with Brett was with, before I slept at his house. We went to see the Cardinals and the Mets. It's fun. We went to we were at um, opening days. I don't really go to too many opening days. Not a big opening day guy. It's too cold. It's not fun in New York to it's go to opening day. You think it is. They always say it's going to be 65, and then you get there, it's and raining. it's disgusting. Yeah. But, um, but so we got good stories. Brett, what is your favorite game that we were at together? Well, I think that's my favorite one, of course, uh, or at least his favorite moment I've ever seen was um, me and you, Mike Piazza, the first game back after 9-11. So we, um, 
I had actually gotten tickets. This was a few months earlier, very random. We had tickets for, I believe it was 9-18 was the game, something like that. Whatever it was. And then after 9-11, they stopped. You know, They weren't playing games. They hadn't played baseball for a few days. Um, The games were canceled. They hadn't played a single sporting event in New York since 9-11. It was very iffy if they were even going to play the games. And I believe it was... The Mets uh, started out on the road. The Mets were on the road. So now at this point, they hadn't been home, but now... They were like eight or nine back... And then they made a run to get it to they about five or six back when the up game to the happened. Yeah. They were catching up to the Braves. This is mid-Piazza, like height of Piazza. Yeah, yeah. And um, so we end up, they announced, I think it was the day before, two years before a game, that that was going to be the first game back in New York was the game that we had tickets to. We were sitting, honestly, we're sitting in, like it, was, off the it was Shea back then, but it's almost the same seat, so we're going to be sitting into uh, that. Right on first base, It's almost right? exactly the same, where you just passed first base a little bit there, and you're only a few rows off the field. But we got to watch as, I mean... It was, um, you know, Liza Minnelli came out to perform, um, a, a whole bunch of, Mark Anthony did the national anthem, uh, it was it was a big deal, all the firefighters came out, all the families came out, it was a very emotional time, the American flags were going, and a little bit later in the game, the Mets down. Uh, and then they blew, it was tied, eighth was, inning, they get, they get, the Braves took the lead. Braves take the lead, Braves two take the one. lead in the eighth. In the two eighth. to one. Three, two to one, and you heard it earlier on our intro. And um, I, I and listen, we we have we can Alfonso, remember as is. Alfonso leads with a hit, and then Piazza hits the blast Piazza, and into dead center field I, in, into the the stanchion where they hold the uh, where the cameras are. Re- I remember at the time, and I turned to Bob uh, Pryor. We can remember it as however we want to, I guess. But uh, being like, imagine he hits a home run right now. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember you. You'll never, that. and I probably didn't really say <laughs> it. That's not the point. That's not the point. But I remember like. Us and we were like, I, let me tell you, we were probably we were everybody was crying in the stands. Well, we were hitting on those girls too. We we ha- we were so in. We were we, so. They in. liked us. Believe it, it just, or not, they liked us. We they liked, really did. We were in. And and let me tell you, we were like hugging and, and yeah. like crying they after we were the couple. home run. They thought we were a couple. And it was a, we had no chance. <laughs> we had no chance. Yeah, that was. Uh, no, it but, went from like they were. We were in with the girls. Yeah. To. No chance, no chance at all. Yeah, I, I just you know that was a different. I, I think that baseball game was different than any other baseball game I've seen. A lot of the playoff games where they've won and some really big Mets ones that were probably much more important games. World Series. There was nothing like that game seeing in my life of both teams coming together, the pregame post uh, festivities, and like how it went on and how they, um, you know, we came together and once he hit that home run, it was it was just like a different thing. Now I remember I went and actually what's funny and you're gonna remember this, Brett, because you do, we didn't. We went to a, speaking of girls at Mets games, we went to a Mets game, and I, I ended up meeting a girl. I remember. And, like, we, like, hooked up at the Mets game, I think. Yeah. And, like, then, like, I got in, she lived upstate or something, right? And, like, I ended up, like, meeting, going up to see her or something, uh, like, a couple weeks later. Yeah. And... It it was weird though. It was I, weird when I got up there. When I went up there to see, when I, went up, I, I just I, remembered this just now. I am. I do remember that actually. But so, that was like. I mean, that was back in the day where we were what in high school. Maybe. Well, the Mets weren't any good. So like, that what was are you what, gonna? That was what like two weeks ago. That was like, <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. oh, that's today. <laughs> we just haven't been there yet. Um, but uh, we also we used to go and we would have the garbage seats. What we would do is we'd either bring a Pepsi can on Friday nights and sit in the Pepsi picnic area. That was the best. Or we would go and we would buy upper deck seats. And now what they had is you couldn't get into the field level because at City Field everybody can walk around the field level. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They want you. They, they you couldn't get into the field level, so we always had to sneak our way in. So we found this deli down the right field line where you walk in the deli and there's no usher. I mean, right. yeah, and there's no usher, and they have an entrance to the field level 
out on the other side where there's no washer. And we found we would just use that for years. It was great. So you could go in on the one side, we'd hop in, we'd, we'd sneak out like to the second field row. Level. Yeah. We'd walk right up. I remember when you got your license with the big uh, gray, what was that, a Cadillac or something you had? No, no, a no. Lincoln. A, no, no, no. I had, no, not at all. Was that, that your father's Lincoln? Me. That's fu- Oh, that was. Yeah. No, you're right. No, it was my dad's old Ford Crown yeah. Vic. Yeah, it was my okay. dad's old, oh, right. That, is that what we drove? We used really? to take that to the games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. No, we did. Um, right? We'd be smoking pot on the way to the Mets game. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure. That, that's, that's exactly what it was. And then there was also, um, I went to, I went with Brett. Brett got... World Series tickets, so I flew up from Florida when I was actually uh, coming up doing the, all the process for for the corrections job that I have now, and we went to the World Series. I saw the Mets lose two days in a row, two two years in a row. They they lost the that World was, Series. That was Harvey coming out. That was Harvey coming out in Harvey, the ninth. Do you Harvey think they bring Harvey out in the ninth today for Old Timers Day? <laughs> <laughs> he should come and pitch and just come out for the ninth. He said he can't. He's got a bloody nose. <laughs> so and then and then the next year I went and what I did was. I was I was going by myself. I Sarah, my wife had something going on, and I had. Oh no, she was still in Florida. I th- I think she was still in Florida. So I was going to the academy. So I was like, I want to go to the game, but it was like ninety five dollars for the, it was the playoffs against the the Giants. Oh, okay. And it was the one game playoff, and it was the ninety five dollars ticket. So what I did was I went up there and I sat outside City Field, uh, and I bought a ticket. I waited on StubHub. I waited them out, and I got a ticket in the Pepsi porch. Okay. For like forty five dollars. Oh, nice. And the home run in the ninth, the Mets gave up another heartbreaking loss. Um, we've been there for some bad losses. You uh, want, yeah. Well, yeah. I got my best, my best heartbreaking loss, and that comes with a good ticket story on the way in too. Is the Andy Chavez catch? So when you go back and you look at the Mets losing to the Cardinals and Beltron, you know, watching the last uh, the curveball for Trump, strike three Trump behind them. But um, so I had went to all of the postseason games up to that point, and then it was a little harder to get tickets like when online just started so it was a good mix of just getting your tickets on the computer tickets and everything else so i got tickets for the for that game i way overpaid for them i think i got them on ebay and i walk up to the gate five minutes before first pitch and the guy scans it and he goes nope these are fake tickets and i i'm and i have to leave and i'm with my buddy who paid but he was a yankee fan just had the money to go so you got on me about the range of me and garrett and st john about the rangers fake tickets and you bought fake tickets. They were well. They weren't t- f- t- fake, technically. So this is the way it worked: was you were only allowed to buy four, and if you went and bought like eight or twelve, they would be void. So the guy bought the tickets. He bought too many. Wait, they would void? Why would it they was the brand new? Com- you have to realize it was new computer stuff. So oh, listen. So okay. it was like you can say I'll take eight, but if you do that, Did all your tickets are going to be void. Only the first four work. Right. Okay. Right. So now I have these. The tickets are bad. I'm leaving the stadium. Now I'm walking away, and now this place is packed, and now we're looking to try, can we buy tickets, and can we get in? People wanted two grand, three grand. You couldn't even find it. There'd be like 100 people looking, and one guy with a yeah, ticket. Yeah. And we're talking, the, this first pitch about to be there. Uh, I can't believe it. I've been waiting for this my whole life. So now I'm leaving the parking lot, and my buddy's a Yankee fan. He's like, whatever, who cares? Let's go to the bar. So we're heading to the bar, and I'm between two cars in the parking lot, and I'm like, I am like really, really upset at this point. Yeah, like I'm yeah, really I believe, pissed. I believe it. And and I'm looking down, and I look, and at my feet between two cars, I see a ticket stub. And I'm kind of like, whatever, and I pick it up. And I figure it's to, like, yesterday's game or whatever. And no, no, to tonight's game. It's a seat 7J. And I look, and I'm three. 7J's like, like. Three rows. No, no, it was three <laughs> rows. I don't know what the actual, I can't remember, but I was three rows off the Cardinals dugout. And I find it, and I look at my butt, and he's like, I was like. Dude, I, I. That's their family and stuff, I think. And I look at. 
Well, I don't. I'm gonna tell you because I end up meeting a guy there. So I end up having the ticket, and I look to my other buddy's Yankee. He's like, dude. He's like, go. He goes, fuck it. I'll go home. He takes the train home. I go over. I hop in, and now I go all the way down. I don't even know where the ticket really is at this point. Yeah, so you, I'm just like, so for the first time in my life, I'm going through the deli, and now all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm handing the actual ticket that's mine. Well, we sat in 7J before, but we never had this ticket. I'm, I'm literally, you know, the most important game the Mets have played in so long, and I'm like, yeah. I have the ticket, a legal ticket in my hand, of, and I give it to the guy. I'm like, oh, no, take me. Where is it? I don't know. And now it's a walk down, I know, lower and lower and lower, and next thing you know, I'm three rows off the Cardinals dugout. And now a guy shows up a few minutes later. And he's like, dude, he's like, how'd you get this ticket? He goes, my buddy says someone robbed him in the parking lot. He's like, oh, someone, no. he's like, no, he's like, someone, he's like, he, t- he said someone must have taken it from him. I go, no, no, buddy, y- your buddy's an idiot. He dropped it in the parking lot. He goes, he did? He goes, that sucks. Let's get some beers. So did you rob the guy or did he, did you find it? I found it. Come someone on, else. Yeah, the, the statute of limitations is long past. Did you I, rob the guy? No, listen, uh, someone robbed him. Listen, all I know is Andy Chavez robbed that home run yep. that I saw from that from the third row, which in person, you know how great it was in person? Do you know nobody in that stadium? It was such an amazing thing that we went so crazy in the place. I'm talking with Wait, so you were sitting right by Trump. Pro- no, he was. He was that- closer to the plate, but he was right on the yeah, right. Yeah. So listen, so he makes the catch. Everybody in the stadium was going so crazy, nobody even realized it was a double play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. It, it, we were going nuts. And we turned around, and you see, now they're walking off the field, and it was that was one of the most amazing Mets moments I've ever seen, except I, for the Beltron curveball. Now I have to watch the Cardinals from four feet away, in dead silence in the stadium. Yay! Like, yeah, piling yeah. on each other in front of us, well, which we was... We stayed. The, the, the Royals got, like, two, three yeah. runs in that 10th inning or 11, whatever it was. And we, we were like, he's like, you want to leave? And I was like, nah, I No, we stay. have to watch. But I went to, you know what game I went to? Which, I, which I, it gets lost in the shuffle with all the games, which was pretty cool that I went to. I went and I sat, like, 10 rows off of home plate behind the netting at Chase Stadium in the, in the field level seats. The Jackie Robinson retirement. Oh right, with Garrett, yeah, Garrett Zolo and his grandparents I took remember. us. And Clinton spoke, yep. and he was on the the Walker because he had he had was, just fallen off stage or something no. in one of the campaign events. Right? No, no, no. He fell at the golfer's house down the stairs at Greg Norman's house. He was at his house partying and fell down the stairs. That's how he got hurt. Mm. So if we want to mix in some sports with it. He was partying with Greg Norman. He okay. obviously played eighteen. Had a few too many drinks and he fell down Greg Norman's stairs. Okay, that one's there's, okay. there's a shark story. Were the for wi- you. were the women there? Were there women? There? They were at the top of the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to get down there quick, so he, he threw himself little, down the stairs. He got a little bow legged. Yeah, he up. came out. He, he like broke his leg. Like it yeah. was like a bad injury. Like he broke his leg. He came out and Clinton spoke, and it was the retirement of the Jackie Robinson number. Yeah, across the across baseball, but it was Butch Husky. Butch Husky, yeah, Butch Husky got grandfathered. Is he in. playing today? Where's Butch Husky right you now? You know what? Good question. Good question. Butch Husky, he didn't make the team. Where does he even play? What what position does Butch Husky? Butch Husky play? played left field. Did he? Right? Yeah. He was a utility He's, player. He was our DH. You know who was a great utility? player? No, who the who the best pin? Do you know who did the, the best pinch hitter? That was that was like that. You were like, oh, he's so clutch, but he really wasn't a good player. Like, yeah. but Matt Franco. Oh, definitely Matt Franco. Right? How many how many big hits did Matt Franco get? Yeah. And Jay Payton. Jay Payton, who's going to be there today? He's playing today. He's the black Frank Russo. Oh, wow, really? He, he looks a, just like Frank Russo. Does. If he Frank does. Russo, our buddy, the tennis analyst, yeah, that's who he is. Had any athletic ability, <laughs> talent, or size, he would be just but, like Jay, um, Jay now, Payton. Now, we, we, 
we spoke earlier on with our with our um with with when we Ed interviewed Lynch. Bobby no, when we interviewed uh, Bobby Usler and he had a and he had a great story about the uh, game six. I didn't realize he was at all those games. Yeah, and he, his stories were great. But that's um, what people are going to say about us and Piazza's home at all. The Piazza's home. I yeah. was there. Yeah, they might not believe us. Also, okay, here we go. First Mets game. I you remember coming? You remember going to ever? Now mine is mine is yeah. a good one. Yeah. Mine is a good one. Eighty-eight. Yep. Clinching the division. Mets. Dodgers, I believe. No, um, Mets. But I remember they clinched the division. I went with my my father. My grandfather and I th- I claim it was my uncle Jimmy. Yep. But my mother or my father says that it was probably my uncle Tommy, but I remember we were there and I was all upset because we were picking up the tickets at the Will Call window or whatever. And Dar- uh, Darling I believe was pitching and they were I was like they're, they're taking the field, they're taking the field. And I was upset, and I was crying cuz we we had to get in there. And they were playing the- and my and I remember my uncle Jimmy saying it. That's why. He said, "No, no." They're just singing the national anthem. <laughs> and they were doing the starting lines, but they clinched. That that was like my first big Mets game that I went to. And then it was followed by years of just terrible games. I, that was that was mine, too. I remember it was 88, and it was Mets-Astros with Mike Scott pitching versus Dwight Gooden. Okay. And it was um, and before the game, we are walking around the stadium with my grandfather. Um, and I, I'm, I assume my brother, probably, I don't even know if it was my dad there, but uh, we're on the outfield kind of near the bullpen near the picnic area and there's a section where it used to be fencing and there'd be like say a green thing so you couldn't see the players or whatever it was and the whole thing's torn down and I looked through as we're walking through and it was like the most magical moment to me and it was Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden having a catch Wow! and I got to sit at the fence like with this whole thing torn down and I'm screaming at them and again I can as I remember it they came over and said hi in reality, you you got to get this, man. You, you're like I, early on. At my age, I finally realized that half of this stuff probably didn't really happen the way I remember <laughs> Brett, it at seven Brett years old. actually is the reason. Brett, like, I'm not even sure I was there. They wanted to pull Harvey in the ninth, but Brett was the reason that I told, said, no, he's staying in. Do you remember, staying Bob? In. I was like, I made a call. <laughs> Um, we used to when we before Brett drove. We used to go to the games with his. We used to drag your father to these games. Yes. And like like once a week. He'd be, he like he, he liked going, but he didn't want to go as much as we did. Oh, no. so it was like once a week, like we going to Mets game. And then not only did we do that, so then after the game, we'd make him go around to the center field yeah. and we'd wait yeah. for the players yeah. to start driving out. They drive out that center field fence. That center field. They parked right behind yeah, the center field yeah. fence, and. We, I mean, think about it. That was like they had to go. The game ended. They had to shower. Oh, it was change interviews. It was eleven. It was eleven thirty. Yeah, <laughs> and they were and they were coming by for twelve seconds. And we had your father sitting there. Howard Johnson ran over my foot. Yeah, one not one day, which I will speak to him about today. When I see him, I, I still he, I saw Daryl. You know when I I remember meeting Daryl. He gave autographs. Um, his first game back as a Dodger. We were there as he oh. left the entrance, and we actually saw him for that game. Now we would remember we we would stick the the, the programs through the fence, and the fence would rip rip yeah, it. Yeah. So like I have like programs with like John Franco's autograph, and it's just ripped yeah. from the fencing that we would stick it through to get, to get them to sign it. That was what you. That was it though. That was the whole point. Like even you know what would happen? The team would be bad. They were terrible. And you'd still want to meet like whatever? Like yeah, I'd be waiting to be screaming for like Daryl Boston to come over yeah, and sign yeah. my you know. <laughs> my glove. Now, Brett was the king of Brett. Now, it, most people never do it. Brett, I, I personally witnessed Brett catch like three foul balls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we forget it. Uh, a lot. We're getting one today. 
hundred percent. You will see footage of us getting the foul ball today. I got a T-shirt two weeks ago. And I was it really about it. is insane. Uh, how many balls, like foul balls, whatever? You have to go searching for them. We used to spend the day. We'd find a seat the same way that you'd go find a seat that's really close today. Yeah, yeah. We would find one that would be in the field level, right on the edge, on the outside edge, in the lane, in the aisle. So if you saw a ball going two sections over, you'd be full sprint. Yeah, like yeah. you were playing. I tell people now because I and I I was I even tell adults this and like I'm like listen I'm like don't don't bother I go first of all the first person that touches it very rarely gets it very rarely secondly the first person that gets it, touches it usually ends up with an injured hand it's the next day it's gonna hurt if anything else it's gonna be painful the next day right third. You can buy the same ball at Dick's Sporting Goods stores for like seven bucks. It's the same thing. It really is. You can't buy the experience. You can't. You can't buy. It. These days, it's actually on video. Like in the day, back in the day, cool. Nineteen eighty nine. Me and you catching a foul ball. You know what you see? A blur in the crowd. Yeah. yeah. Today, it's me going like this. Boom. That's not necessarily true like because this. no. This is what you're gonna see today. Uh, <laughs> Top ten. One, oh, one hand, and then you, you, have to, you have to do a cool move after. Do you, you remember? Like, do you remember this? Do you remember? It's over. Um, and well, he, he's actually uh, he, he, he participates on our social media a lot You were at a I, Was it you that was at the game And I got a call Or was it him that was at the game And you called me Chris Renier You called me and you were like Oh Chris Renier called me And he goes Did Brett just catch a foul ball At the Mets game Oh right I was like probably right, yeah. I'm not there yeah. with him But probably Yeah, yeah. Yes Down like the right field line The left yeah. field line Yeah No yeah. it happened so that so so we're gonna go today Who's your uh, I'm a big Todd Hundley guy I'm a big Daryl Strawberry guy I, I I would like to see um, who else is playing that they got. Uh, we got it. We'll go through some lineups real quick, and uh, we'll we'll tell you who's at least. Um, we'll do we'll do that we'll, we'll, real quick. You know who the one was who I Edgardo Alfonso. Yeah, let me tell so you, so good, so close. He, he is like if you look back on all the Mets and how good everybody's been and who should be epitomized being a Met. It's Edgardo Alfonso. So good. Talk Such about a, good a guy who should be you know. Uh, Really honored, and and a guy who, if they won that yes, one World Series, I know, but uh, he's he is a guy who I think because he was so quiet about how he went about things, and because he was playing next to Mike Piazza and Jose Reyes. Well, and what do you want to do? You can't retire at Gordo Alfonso's. I'm not retiring at Gordo Alfonso's. I want him to go back and win a World Series. Can we go back and get him a World Series? Um, and then, but he really was the man. Now, now like real quick, um, favorite seats at, Ch- at Chase Stadium. Favorite seats at Che. Loge behind the plate. Loge behind the plate. That, exactly. First row, Loge, Loge behind, behind the plate, plate. right on the net. If, it's, if you're just like, looking to get close, I mean, obviously it's field level well, behind yeah, the yeah, dugout. Yeah. Like, you know. You learn quickly that, listen, this is how I always look at it. They give the best seats in the house yeah. to the announcers. Yeah. The, 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 where the announcers sit, they're not sitting front row behind the plate. Right. Um, Cowbell Man. They, got, they should bring Cowbell Man. They should give him a special introduction, I think. He never gets recognized. Yeah, why isn't he's that? annoying? But Listen, he, but he's after been all there these years, you tell me that's not Diaz walk-in song. They got to get some other guy with a trumpet who doesn't yeah, know anything yeah. about the Mets. <laughs> we got cowbell man over here. Like, cause for I free. See, you know who I see all the time is the pin guy. But I, that's I feel like he was before us, right? Listen, you know who you see. Everybody in this world has gotten a beer from the beer vendor. The same beer vendor. Yeah, I work with him. He's a correction officer. See, this is... Uh, listen, I'm telling you, that guy's been there since long before any of us were. I had him... I had. I saw him when I first I don't started, even need to say who it is. Like, we're all just like... Oh. When I first started wa- working with him, I was like, where do I know you from? And I started talking about the Mets and this and that. He goes, oh, I worked there. And I'm like, oh, my God. I go, have you worked there since, like... Yeah. 
the Shea Stadium, he's like, I've worked there for like 20 years. Yeah, he definitely has. And yeah. I, now I see him all the time. Yeah. I see him all the time. Underage beers back in the day. And you, did we get underage beers no, in there? I mean, no, no, we didn't, right? Well, no, to a point. We definitely... No, they were rough. That's that was we the first place. You beers. know what it is? That was the first place oh, that was real with Here's IDs. another one. Here's another one. I got a drinking ticket yeah. at Chase Stadium. There you okay? go. Okay, remember? But I was over 21. I got an open yeah. container. Yeah, now you can't. Even up till last year or two years ago, you would have actually gotten that They gave me an stuff. open container ticket. Yeah. And the other one, the, the uh, parking lot situation, Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy is a good one. So we're leaving the Mets game. Uh, I believe it was a, I want to say it was a double. It was like a rough was. loss, though. It was a rough loss. It was loss. a rough loss, and everybody's leaving at the same time. That's how you know it's a rough loss, because we were all still there. Typically, yeah, everybody yeah, clear yeah. it out. But we're pulling out of the parking lot, and this is just as the new you-can't-use-your-cell-phone-and-drive law came in. Okay. And so we're driving, and we're, you know, as always, you're trying to inch in front of the other guy. And this one guy... Um, in a, is a Mercedes, in a Mercedes uh, truck. SUV. And he's trying to, and he like almost hits us. And he almost hits us. And I turn and I laugh because I go, oh, fucking Jeff Van Gundy almost hits us. And yeah. Bob laughs and he goes, wait a minute. And I go, no, Jeff Van Gundy almost. And it's actually Jeff Van, Jeff Van Gundy. But now Jeff Van Gundy's sitting on his cell phone. And it's funny because there's a cop standing right in front of him. And the cop looks at him and he goes, get off your phone, Van Gundy. <laughs> and it was classic New York. And Van Gundy now drops his phone in his little Mercedes <laughs> truck. He almost hit me, and we actually got he to... Was the, he was the Knicks coach then, probably, he right? He was the Knicks coach. He was the Knicks... No, he... <laughs> The Knicks ragged on him. He used to drive this like Toyota Sentra that was like all beat up to the games every year. And the reason he had the... Um, he ended up getting the Mercedes truck is he won it in the All-Star game. But he still wouldn't drive it. And they'd show up to the tarmac at the games for away games. And the players would rip him <laughs> drive apart. Drive a little, a little These guys nothing car. But yeah, and no, he just, no, and you know how what happened was the plane was leaving the tarmac one day. And they ran over the car. His car got cr- like ran over and to the point where they were like he ended up having to use the truck. But then he almost crashed into it. That is funny. But um, so, so now, Brett, give us, uh, give us the lineups. All right. So we got the uh, the Amazons are one team. I'm, pay, I'm, I'm picking the Mets to win this. Third one. base, Edgardo Alfonso. Second base, Tim Tuffle. Right field, Cliff Floyd. He's a good one. Center, uh, catching, Mike Piazza. First base, Todd Zeal. This team could compete today. DH, Todd Pratt. This is a weak spot. This is what I'm talking about. They, they, they could not spot. compete today. Short, shortstop, Kevin Elster. Wait, what's the weak spot? Todd Pratt at DH. Yo, Todd you got to have, have a heavy bat. Todd Pratt's a, a He's Trump gonna, won the election guy. He's going to play. You know what? Todd Pratt's the guy who's going to play well today. Like, today, he's the best guy on oh, the field. He's the worst. Watch. He's the worst, Brett. I see him on, on, on Twitter. Go, he go looks like a guy Twitter. who can crush a 65-mile-an-hour fastball. Trump won the old. Trump's his president. Kevin Elster, shortstop. Benny Akbayani in left field. He's going to be out there. And Jay Payton in center. So they're going to be out there shagging balls all day. And Dwight Gooden, without, this may be the listen, folks. Watch today. You will never in your life, no matter what happens, see Dwight Gooden on the mound throwing balls ever again like this. You might see him throw a first pitch. I think he might be on the the, the, the expanded roster in September. But listen, if that's possible and they still did expanded rosters, I'd be all for it. Uh, all right, and then you, they're playing the Miracles. Shortstop, Jose Reyes. Center fielder, Mookie Wilson. Second base, Daniel Murphy. That's a He's going to crush a home run today. Uh, first base, Howard Johnson. DH, Lee Mazzilli, another weak spot. Uh, Lee Mazzilli is not a weak spot. <laughs> DH. He should be in the field is what I'm saying. No, he's a D- he would be a DH. No, who would be my DH? Uh, he, yeah, he would be the DH. Bartolo Colon. Who, no, no, Bartolo, 100% he gets a bat. 1,000%. Did he get in the bat? 1,000% he gets in a bat. 1,000%. 
I don't know if they're going to let him. No, they're going to. Robin Ventura, third base. Steve Henderson, right field. So this is solid. So there goes. There you go. Left field. Andy Chavez. Where's Megan's Kevin catch- McReynolds? Where's Kevin McReynolds? Where's Kevin Mitchell? Josh to- Kevin Mitchell. I don't know if he's rolling him out on the field. Uh, <laughs> and then we got Bartolo pitching. Which listen, he could have been in the real starting lineup. So could have Daniel Murphy. Just and Jose Reyes. Not long ago. Oh, I got the amazings by How long plus ago? two and a half. Josh Tolley could have played recently. Josh Tolley is is was well, he was no good. <laughs> I didn't say he was good. Gooden's gonna blow it right by him. Do you think good? Uh, you think Gooden actually shows? How many? Where's Gooden right now? Right. Is my question. He he's he's on. He's which he, projects? He's making calls right now. He's making calls. But anyway, so it's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a big day, and then we go. I said last night going for the sweep, but it's a four game series, so we are. So we're continuing go. the go for the sweep <laughs> today. The Mets took the first two. Uh, they remain a game and a half ahead of the these are huge. Atlanta Braves. It doesn't even feel like it, like, but these this is it. Like We're, this is yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we've been waiting for this for a long because time. Because you know what? I, I they can't get past. I they I, I just have a bad feeling. If the Braves pass them Oh no, you're right. It could and be, they it start could be looking design. at them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't no. want you don't you can't get past. They gotta just hold them off. You get to a half game, get whatever. And don't forget the Phillies. Are, Phillies are going pretty nuts too on their own end. Yeah, no, of, the Phillies, no, but I, you have to play. It, but I know, but they you're don't not, play the Mets. Don't play the Phillies. Mets no, play I, the Pirates. Mets I know. Play the, that's why I feel okay about it. The Mets' schedule is very easy. Once they once they get after this, it's the Dodgers come in, which is a big that's series. That's the one. But let that okay. Whatever happens there after that, it's Marlins, A's, Pirates. They play the Pirates twice. They haven't played the Pirates yet this season. They got the Nationals. It's a very easy schedule. They should coast to hundred wins. Question is, what are the Braves ever going to lose? Yeah. And if it comes down to that last series, I don't feel good about it. You know, I don't feel good about it. So anyway, everybody enjoy the festivities today. Old Timers Day will be out at the park. Section 107. Thanks again the- to Ed Lynch. Ed that was Lynch, a great interview today. Great job. Good work coming on with us. We appreciate you giving us a couple minutes. We'll see you out there. Have a good day, everybody. Let's go, Mets. See ya.